Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Justin Box. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that one of your job descriptions is to guide us into all truth. Yeah, that it surpasses knowledge and it transcends our understanding. It bypasses our worldview, our opinions, our experiences that have formulated a belief system. It, it goes past all that. It honours where we're at, but it goes past it and it reaches in and it, and it, and it highlights ways of thinking. And then it gently, and you gently and kindly show us the way that you think. And I thank you that that is actually true repentance. And that's where transformation comes. When we, we acknowledge that we're open to grow and change and think different. And we actually look to you and take a step toward you because you're God and we're not. And what you do is through kindness, Romans 2.4 says, you lead us to change the way that we think about you and about people. So we just love what you're doing in this church and we ask that you would do it again today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about health and we've broken it down um, in lots of different ways and it's all on the podcast, but health is our inner world, the part of us that no one sees. And I'm loving where the Lord's taking us and last week was a significant morning for us, for those that were here and for those that heard the podcast. We spoke about honour and we'll put this slide up and that'll launch us into a couple of scriptures that we spoke about last week. But then I feel the Lord's taking us down another path which will give us a key to honour. So today we're going to be talking about another key that will help us honour. Because having an understanding about honour without actually how do we do it is really difficult. So there is some practical communication tools, which I'm not talking about today. Justin's going to hit that for 90 minutes at the school. So he's going to be piggybacking off today. And Justin will be talking about some practical tools about how we can honour each other in this place and our family members that think different. Um, but today I'm going to talk about a spiritual key that I, sounds weird, I know, just a, a great key um, that is going to help us. So Jen, can you put up the first slide, the quote about honour? And we'll read it all together. Okay, this is honour. So creating a culture of health, this is a key ingredient for us as a church to be able to see God, to see the fivefold ministry, but to also see each other. Honour is seeing the gold in a person and treating them according to that instead of stumbling over what they are not. We've spoken a lot about this, that it's really easy um, to, to see people according to what they're not because often we're presented with just a 2D or even a 3D um, view of what's actually going on in their life. We're seeing a snapshot in a moment of what they're presenting to us. And it's easy to get sucked into stereotyping, to summing them up and to coming to a conclusion about what they're about and who they are, which is actually the opposite to honour and it's stumbling over what they're not. Because often when people present stuff, they're not at their best. But honour actually looks back because of the perspective change that we've all had and we get to take a breath and understand that God, when I was a still sinner, chose to not stumble over what I wasn't and stepped down and said, I still forgive you and love you 
and he treated me according to not all the junk, but he took the junk and chose to see the gold. And he's tagging us as a church saying, you know what, that was what I did for you, so let's do it for each other. And it's really hard because in a moment, someone frustrates us. In a moment, their opinion's opposite to ours and we we get defensive and we respond. Actually, we don't respond, we react. They're two different words. Responding's calculated after a breath, after a pause. Reacting's in a moment. And we, we allow the emotion that, that is buried in memory, which is buried in experience, to come to the surface. And we're quick to treat people according to what they're not. But, we, but we're on a journey to actually pause and take a breath and understand that our perspective has changed. Why? Because we are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're now new. His love's transformed us. It's surpassed our knowledge so honour is seeing the gold and taking time to, to know it's in there. Honour needs consistency. Honour needs to actually see. Faith comes by hearing. Honour comes by seeing. So I want to look at these foundational verses and then we'll... Actually, what I want to do, I want to go to the next slide. Let's look at the stumbling over what they're not. Let's highlight a couple of things about, okay, not stumbling over what people are not. So this is what we don't want to do. And often these are some, there's more on the list, but often this is what we see when we're, we're, we're having conversations with people, when we're in the same ministry team with people, when we might be in the youth ministry team, we might be on the worship team. And this is what we're being faced with all the time when we're communicating, when we're talking, when we're planning, when we're sharing opinions. This is what's happening. So often, peop, often the things we can stumble over is people's sin, people's, people's mistakes, but people are not their sin. They're not their sin. God, God can actually see the gold in a person like the woman thrown down naked before him when the religious people wanted to stone her. What did he do? He said, where are your accusers? Now go leave your, leave your life of sin. He didn't excuse sin because he hates anything that gets in the way of love. But he actually said, I don't accuse you. Because I'm treating you according to who you are because I made you and love you and see everything about you and you're amazing and you're just hurt. That's why you're doing what you're doing. Is that cool? Yeah. So sin, people are not their sin. So we don't treat them according to what they're not. Poor choices. Who made a poor choice in the last seven days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lie, lie, lie. Pants on fire. So poor choices. Poor choices. People are not their poor choices. People are not their poor choices, even if they do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Now, this is where boundaries come in place, where we go, okay, if you're going to keep doing that, then then I I, I need to be over here. And we learn how to communicate that with them because we love them. So it's not just a free-for-all. We can all do what we want and hurt each other and, and say what we want. No, no, no. But we've got to understand that people are not their poor choices. Because we all make poor choices. And they're past. We've all been somewhere. We've all had a different upbringing, a a different lens, a different worldview. We're not our past. And often we're treating people according to their past. But people are not their past. Next slide, Jen. And then we combine all of that list with this list. (laughs) This is what we're faced with, people. (laughs) So there's different ways of thinking. There's different perspectives. There's a different belief system. People that might not believe in Jesus. 
We're not called just to agree. Because honour is not agreement. Honour is not agreement. Uniformity does not equal unity. Diversity equals unity. Different ways of doing things. This is where Mike and I had to go down a long journey of honouring each other. Probably believe about 90% of the same things, but the method was maybe 20%. And just working through that together, where it's valuable and it's not like, well, this is my way, this is right, I'm right, you're wrong, which I had to fight through. But it's like, hang on, I've got to clothe myself with humility, which is the foundation of honour, and then see the gold that's in you and pull on it because I need some of that because I'm not all together. We need each other, amen? Then there's a different worldview, just the way we see stuff. I see this pulpit from there, Ken sees it from the back. And that's true in our life. I wanted to set the church up for the launch day on June 16th and as a staff, paint the church and present it to the church as a gift. That's the way I think. Ken's like, can we set up a team so they feel a part of it and valued? I'm like, what are you talking about, mate? Like, like let's, let's get it done. Lee and I are like, let's get it done. Let's do it tomorrow. And it's like, but it's this different perspective. And am I right or wrong? Neither. Is he right or wrong? Neither. Is he operating in his strength of seeing people and bringing them alongside him and consistently pouring into them? Yeah, that's him. Do I think about the bigger picture? And, and just, I think about you guys all the time. And I love like doing things and presenting things and making things just happen. So here they are. But some people want to be a part of it. And we're learning that. But we see things different. I love you. Different theology. Now, I would say that if we're part of a a church, there'd be some fundamental things that you would probably need to believe to hang around. But then there's a lot of secondary differences. And I'm not believe what you want. I'm really... I really value the Word of God. It's, it's what we launch everything from. We don't know anything about Him unless we first read it. But the reading draws us into an experience. When we describe Him, like worship, we, we're describing Him. Where are we getting the descriptions from? It's His Word. But we can have different views and bents, and that's why there's a thousand different commentaries. But again, that's an opinion of a person. It's not the Bible. But this is what we're dealing with. This, this is life, guys. So this is where honour is such a critical key because if we're going to do it together, if we want the supernatural to invade, if we want his presence to come, if we want to, be, if we want to actually um, be a church that doesn't just talk about things, we need him involved then. And if we want him involved, we want him to be able to stay. We want to host him. like We want him to feel welcome. And the culture of heaven is the culture of honour because it sees the gold and doesn't stumble over what we're not. Amen? So let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. We're going to read these. I won't rush through them. I'm learning how to speak slowly. And Selah. Take a breath and pause. You'll see that in the Psalms. That's what it means. Just change someone's life right then. Breathe. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 17. This will just highlight... Uh, what we're talking about at the moment, that quote from a biblical point of view, it's always good. Quotes are great. Quotes are true. The Bible's more true. 
So 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 17. New American Standard, for the love of Christ controls us. I didn't write this. So good. For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Remember, we were co-crucified with Christ. That's what that means. And he died for all so that they who might live no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Verse 16 is our key verse for the last week and maybe the next few weeks. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, meaning the soul, not evil, just according to a human perspective, that means. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him this way no longer because of this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creature. The old things have passed away. We sang it today. Behold, new things have come. Let's flip to the Passion, then we'll launch into today. Passion translation, same scripture. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. That means all died with him. Love it. Again, do we believe that? Verse 15, so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. Love this. Verse 16, so then from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by the outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Verse 17 and final. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Can we say amen to that? Amen. And I'll actually make this statement that to live in true biblical God-ordained honour is impossible without help, without Jesus. It's impossible because it's such a higher way of thinking. Often we're just encouraged to tolerate or let's just agree to disagree. And there's, there's some truth in that. But, but, but honour is higher than tolerance. Honour's a, a higher way of thinking, a higher way of living, a higher way of seeing people. It's not just tolerance, because tolerance is I'm not actually going to learn from you. Tolerance is you can have your opinion, but as long as you stay over there and I'll just tolerate you. <laughs> I mean, the more we say it, the more intense that feels and sounds. But honestly, we do it all the time. Some conscious, sub, some, sub, sometimes subconsciously. And we don't have, we're not in relationship with everyone. And, we're, and I'm not saying that we are. But our ability to honour everyone is absolutely critical what we're trying to do here. Is that cool? Last week we spoke about some keys to honour and one of them was that it, that it is Christ's love that fuels us and motivates us. So it is the love of Christ as a foundation that enables us to honour because we know in 1 John 4 it says that God loved me so I can love him. It's a big deal, hey? Ephesians 2.6 is another key. that we, we know that we're seated in heavenly places. We've got a new perspective. 
We can actually take that breath instead of reacting and go, God, how do you see that person? Like, what's the word of the Lord for them now? Like, what do you think about them? It's really challenging. So that's in um, Ephesians 2.6, which we're going to read in a minute and talk about something else that we're going to talk about today, and that's grace. So love is a really important foundation for honour and to learning how to honour and to grow in honour. If we don't have love, we're, we miss everything. And then learning that we're actually seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's why last week when God just in the sermon dropped March 10th into my wherever he dropped it. And I, and I called out. And it, it's easier to call it out in a crowd of 50,000. But it's actually, we've got to lean in because we want to grow. We don't just want to guess and whatever, who cares, let's, oh yeah. But we're growing in the gifts of the Spirit. So it's understanding that we're seated, our perspectives change so that I can actually, all the time, I'm just asking questions. And then I just felt March 10th, highlighted it. And it was Joe's birthday. And because of health issues, they've struggled to come along. And, and for them to actually experience that together, that the God of heaven actually knows them. I didn't know their birthday, but he told me because he loves them. Could he have told them? Yes, but what does he want to do? How is he moving in the New Testament? How does he want to move in this new um, covenant, New Testament church? It's through people. It's via people. So he loves to use people to bless people. And he did that last week by just a little March 10th. And it's like, mm, is that the Lord? But we all do that. And I'm like, no, let's do this. Let's grow in this. And he's doing it more and more. Hey, does March 10th mean anything? And he gets rocked. And they get encouraged and we pray and we believe with them for full victory and for full breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I love the perspective change. But I want to go from, all right, foundation of love is critical. We spoke about that last week. A foundation of being seated with Christ. And Saturday will be a key for you to believe that. Saturday will be the key that unlocks everything for believing. The stuff that you're struggling to believe, Saturday's for you. It's going to be crazy. Great. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5 to 8. So love the foundation, seated the foundation, and now we're going to, going to talk about a third foundation to be able to honour and see people, and that's grace. Amen. Ephesians 2, 5 to 8. Even when, I read this this morning, didn't I? When uh, at 10.02... Even when we were dead in our transgressions, so good, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing great uh, riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The third key to be able to honour, to be able to recognise no one according to the soul, according to a limited human perspective, when we're out and about in church, valuing people, in our family that think different, at our work that rub us the wrong way. 
that think completely different to us. The actual key, one of the keys that we're going to talk about today is grace. How do we honour? How do we see people? How do we value people? Experiencing Christ's love, yep. Seated with Him, yep. But to fully understand the role of grace in our life. Because once upon a time, you did not have the ability to believe in Jesus. The bulb makes that really clear. They said it's by grace through faith. What does that mean? It means that you could not have the ability to believe Jesus and to have faith on your own. Because it actually said that. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. So what's grace? Grace is a gift. So grace is a gift. And what does that do? It releases what? Faith. So what's faith? Faith is, according to Hebrews 11.1, 1, the full assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. The full assurance of things hoped for, hope meaning the confident, joyful, eager expectation of good. So it's not wishful thinking. My full assurance isn't wishful thinking. My full assurance is that I'm expecting good because you're good. So that's the key to faith, hope. But often we just talk about faith without hope. So Hebrews 11.1 1 talks about faith. It says it's the full assurance of things hoped for. Hope's a big, deep word. That's why if hope's deferred, it makes us sick. Proverbs. So faith is the full assurance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not yet seen. So we actually believe that it's coming because you've done it once and you're going to do it again. So that's why in that song, it's rooted in grace and faith, knowing that I've seen you move, you've moved the mountain. But because of that, because of experiencing your grace, are you with me? Because of experiencing your grace in that moment of breakthrough, it's actually released faith into my life so that the second time round, third time round, fourth time round, that mountain appears. Guess what? We're in a place of faith, which is the evidence of things not yet seen. And I'm like, oh, I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains. Grace appeared and it's given me the ability that I didn't have before. That's why in 2 Corinthians it talks about that we once saw Jesus according to the flesh. Because grace wasn't around then. We couldn't see him according to who he is. And guess what? That's where some of our friends are at. Yeah, this is great. So we've got to understand that they're right now in a position that you were once in. They can't see him. So what's the declaration? What's the... Oh, this is actually really good. So what... <laughs> no. But what's the... Um, if you're not going to do it, oh, no. Nah. Um, so what, what, what are we doing in this situation? What do they need? Do they need grace? They need grace. What does this, what does this Greek word mean for grace? Kindness. It's the Greek word charis. And the Greek, I'm not talking about um, interpretations of the word, when we see the word 156 times in Scripture, I'm not talking about when we gather them and look at them in the context of verses and chapters and we can get unmerited and undeserved. That's great and true. We've all heard that for 50 years. Unmerited and undeserved and that we put that in the pocket and that's all it means. I'm like, ah, that's not the Greek word. We can get there. We can get there and it's true. I'm not saying it's not true. But what's more true is it means kindness and favour. So what do our friends need? Kindness and favour. 
What's the core of honour? Kindness and favour. How do we honour? It's by grace. What's grace? Kindness and favour. This is a really big deal. Kindness and favour. It's a gift from God, grace. It's not of ourselves, it's a gift from God. Grace is a gift from God. Our salvation was a gift from God. We couldn't believe in him without grace first appearing. It gave us the ability to do what we couldn't do before. And grace is not a one-time event. Grace is not a one-time event. I just thought this thing, the circle of grace. Grace comes and it gives us the ability to believe. Grace comes and gives us the ability to believe in people. Grace comes and it gives us the ability to have faith in people. Grace comes and it gives us the ability to see people. When do you know um, grace is starting to flow? When you're starting to see people for who they truly are. If you're not seeing people for who they truly are, there's a work of grace that needs to happen in your life. Because grace is not a one-time event. Amen? Grace is not a one-time event. It wasn't just about salvation. Is it by grace through faith that you believe? Yes. But it's meant to be a consistent, constant flow in a believer's life where there's grace coming in and there's grace coming out. Does that make sense? I'm trying to keep this all together so we're clear and not run off. But I'm excited. Grace doesn't stop at salvation. Grace is also the constant flow of the kindness and favour of God flowing in a believer's life. If we broke down the word grace in all 156 times it's used in the New Testament we could accurately and confidently come to the conclusion that it is the kindness of God that gives us the ability that we didn't have before. We saw it in the temple when Jesus first got up and unveiled the scroll of Luke chapter 4, uh, Isaiah, which had the, the God's spirit is upon me, which is also echoed in Luke chapter 4. The religious leaders were so stooped in religion and, and this is my view and nothing can change me. But what does it say? The Bible says that they marveled at the what? Gracious words that flowed from his lips. What happened? Jesus, when Jesus is present, grace flows. What's grace? Kindness. They were experiencing kindness. So their mind was being renewed in that moment when Jesus, the Word of God, was declaring the Word of God and there was this tipping point in history that they were praying for and believing for and they were face to face with what they wanted and grace was pouring out. They were feeling kindness for the first time in their life and they said, wow, look at the gracious words that's flowing from his lips. And then immediately familiarity set in, dishonour set in, and isn't this just Joseph's son set in? And they went about their business and missed it. But it was giving them the ability that they didn't have before to see the Messiah, the anointed one that they'd been praying for. Grace is so important. And that's, a great, that's great news for us at Echo. And I wrote this, who are believing that signs and wonders and miracles will be normal, will actually be an everyday occurrence, seen by every single member of Echo Church. Not out of obligation, 
Not out of I better get that one today so I can make sure I've got seven this week. But actually we get to actually just show up and believe that grace is being poured into us constantly from, from other people and from him and that grace begins to flow and we start to, we start to allow grace to flow from our life which gives people the ability they didn't have before. See, we have an encounter and we actually, we're called to facilitate encounters for people so that they can have an encounter. We have an encounter with God and grace is released. And guess what? Tag your it. Now, let, where, where can I release grace? Paul says it lots. He said, and we show grace according to the need of the moment. I wish I had it up there for you. I believe it's in Ephesians. Paul says that we're, we're, we're demonstrating and releasing grace, just in translation, according to the need of the moment. So our life shouldn't just be grace was great and it enabled me to have faith and it stops there, but grace is a constant flow in and a constant flow out. So when we're out and about having coffee, I'm looking for opportunities to show kindness, which is grace. And what does it do for them? Because they can't believe without grace. And, and we've mixed it. We've, I think we've just confused it a bit that we stand over here and pray and hope somehow, some way, God zaps them and they believe. But it's actually the opposite of the gospel. Because everything that you want to see is meant to happen through you. In your life, in your world. Now we can, hang on. That's a general big statement I just said. So let me just back up a little bit. Because that puts every single responsibility on you. I'm not saying that because you're going to have friends that speak into them as well. You're going to have other people come in, but, but you've got this authority over, over your influence. And to just pray and look back and watch it all happen is not right. But we're actually called to get involved and you release the grace. You actually release kindness. You actually release the favour so that they can be in a position where, oh my goodness, something's changing. Like, I don't understand. You've honoured me. You haven't seen the junk for 15 years. Like, you haven't called the junk. You haven't called me no good. You haven't said that God hates me. You haven't done this. You haven't done this for 15 years. Why haven't you done this? Everyone else has done this, but you haven't done it. You've stuck by me. You've seen me for who I really am. No one else has done that. What's been happening? Grace is slowly being released like a drip. And it's slowly giving them the ability that they did not have before. We're agents of grace. We're releases of grace. Will we ever be God? No. But He's so empowering and so loving and so sees us for who we are that He empowers us to see His people that He loves as much as us transformed and have faith to believe. So grace is such a big deal. Can we skip to Ephesians 4.16, please? It's about three scriptures ahead of where we were. And I just want to bring this back into our church. And then for the last eight minutes, talk about how grace works among us. That's what I want to do. I love it. Let's go to Ephesians 4.16. I'm going to read this out. It's uh, towards the, after Romans 12. So good. I'm going to start reading. 
This is all after all the fivefold ministry teaching. This is after why the fivefold was introduced, which we've done a lot of teaching on, which is on the podcast. And this is the final verse in that section about the fivefold. And he actually, they actually, Paul highlights that it, it's not just about the fivefold, but it's got to trickle down into that we're all important here, that we've all got a critical role to play. And this is the thing that encapsulates that all. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, each part does its own special work. I'll read that and include the full stop and, and say it like a sentence would be said. Can I do that again? <laughs> he makes the whole body fit together perfectly, full stop. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. The goal of Echo Church is this verse. And it's taken a journey of, of setting foundations, setting vision, setting where we're going, declaring what we're doing, adjusting a few things here and there. And then appointing Ken and Melanie is to oversee pastoring, to start to do some structural leadership change where we can actually start to set some stuff up where people are starting to operate in their gift. We've done the Y course. About 65 people of Echo Church have done the Y course, which is identifying what makes them tick, their passion, their existence. Why am I here? 65 at Echo have now got a Y statement, which is a filter for things that they do in life. It's amazing. And we're praying and dreaming and hoping that, that all everyone who comes here will actually do it so it will become a filter so that we can identify and see the special work that's in you. Because often we can have a lot of gap fillers or people that are just busy and don't want to serve or don't want to be involved. But, but I, I, I want to just announce again that, that you have a critical role to play in this Echo deal. And, and we're taking time to go through this and to identify and to not see the junk. Because we've all got it. But to take time to see you for who you are. And to, and to, and to highlight areas where you can actually use it. Because what happens when you start to show up? It helps the other parts grow. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body works, functions, is healthy and full of love and is growing. It's really, really good. We've all been given gifts and we've all been given grace. We've all been given gifts and we've all been given grace. Can we back up to the scripture before that which is Romans 12.6. I love this. Romans 12.6. This is Paul talking about the body. That each body, there's different parts in the body. That's you. There's different parts to our body. Since we have gifts, since you have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. So what's he saying? We're talking about a culture of honour, a culture of seeing the gold in people. What helps us see the gold? Grace. Grace helps us see the gold. It gives us the ability that we, we didn't have before. But this, this, this crazy thing about grace 
is that when we receive grace and when we start to see people, it actually helps us see the grace that people carry. It helps us see the gift that's on people. It helps us see this, spe this special work that's in and on people. And we get to call it up. We get to call it out. We get to celebrate it. And we get to pull them in close and say, you know what? What you carry, I need. And, and imagine what happens when we all start to identify the grace that's on our life and we just start giving it away. We start to enable people to do what they couldn't do before because they've, they've, they've re released, they've, been, they've received grace that we carry. So I truly believe that biblically we're not only meant to receive grace from God, but we're actually meant to receive the grace that he put in us, person to person. Because Paul's really clear. I'm going to read this from Ephesians 2. It won't be up there. Paul says to the Ephesians, if Tash, if you could jump up, that would be really amazing. Paul says this about grace. If indeed, uh, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, that's the careful manage. That's taking care of the grace given to me, he's saying. If, if you've heard about this stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you. This thought, this truth that grace comes in, and is meant to go out is a theme right through the whole Bible. It's true that grace gives us the ability to honour each other. It's a great prayer, God, I just receive your grace today. But for a lot of us, it's been the unmerited, undeserved, the mealtime stuff. And our perception of grace is a bit different. But it's actually the enablement of the Holy Spirit. It's the... It, it's the thing that empowers us, empowers us. If we broke down grace again, it would simply mean ability. Grace gives us the ability to do the things that we can't do. Each person's been given gifts, but what are the gifts according to? It's according to grace. Because we can't do those gifts without grace, without the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Grace is the enablement, the empowerment, the fuel of God that helps us do the things we couldn't do before. It's multifaceted. Grace comes in and grace comes out. Grace helps us honour the grace that's in another person. Grace helps us see the grace. We need each other. When you start to understand the grace that you carry, when you start to understand who you truly are and become confident in that, we start to give it away. And another level will be that it's already being recognised by other people and they start to call it out of you. They start to recognise and pull on you. Hey, I heard this testimony about how you didn't have peace and you walked through this for three years and now you carry peace. There's a grace. There's an ability on you to, to have peace. Am I, am I making sense? And I don't have peace right now. Can I get peace from God? Yes. But I feel like God set this up that I get to see that person according to who they are and ask them to pray for me to release peace. So what's happening in that moment? I'm releasing peace. Uh, I'm receiving grace. 
but it's another level. I'm receiving peace. Grace is helping me believe that peace was released. Does that make sense? This is such a big deal. It can get complicated. But it's a bigger deal than we realize. It's, it's not just learning communication tools. It's not just learning the, a cognitive way of dealing with each other. That's critical and that'll happen Wednesday night. But this foundational deal of how grace works and what grace is, it's the kindness and favor of God that enables you to do what you could never have done on your own, is actually really critical. Could we stand to our feet? That'd be amazing. We each have a gift. So I'd encourage you just to, however you communicate with Him, with Jesus, however you talk with Him, I just begin to encourage you to just chat with Him, talk with Him. Am I aware of, of grace continually coming in my life? Am I actually understanding that I cannot have faith and believe some of these big things that we're presenting? I can't actually believe it if grace isn't showing up. If I'm not positioning myself to ask for grace and for kindness, and what will supernaturally happen when you pray that prayer? You will supernaturally believe that what you prayed for is going to happen. That's how it works. That's how impartation works. Someone prays for you and grace is released and supernaturally you believe. Hope rises. Oh my goodness, I think I actually believe this now. <laughs> like I actually, I think I believe that healing's for today and I didn't. And when that person prayed for me, the grace was released, which gave me the ability to believe. And this is how church is meant to work. When we identify the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, when we identify that Christ loved the church so much that he set up a five-fold model that can get weird. But if we value them, and I'm over here as an evangelist and I don't think like a pastor, when Ken prays for me, Grace is released, which gives us the ability to start to love people on a whole new level. And what's the fruit? What's the evidence that this immaterial, supernatural thing exchange happened? It's the fruit of loving people. It's the fruit of loving the Bible when a teacher prays for you. It's the fruit of seeing supernatural, miraculous first and thinking signs, wonders and miracles and that we actually could change the world when the apostolic prays for you. You start to see stuff when the prophetic, when the prophet prays for you. They release a grace. You might not have seen in the Spirit and all of a sudden you're having dreams. Why? Because something happened and grace was released and you're believing it. And it happens then people to people. Liv's got a gift. Kylie's got a gift. Mel's got a gift. Evan's got a gift. Greg's got a gift. Laurie's got a gift. Sue's got a gift. Every single person has a gift in this place. And what's it according to? the measure of grace that's been poured out on you. And if we're not understanding how to actually exercise this, meaning put it to use, not exercise, as in to put it to use, then we just sit here with a gift and with grace and the grace was a one-time event and that's it. 
But when we start to build a culture of honour, where we see people according to who they are, we call that grace up. And it's not a selfish thing, but you could almost do it. I'm calling this up because I need it. 